Well, I, I call myself trying to pare that sermon down so that we'd have a little bit more time in between the Bible classes and the, the worship hour. But I don't know what happens. I think the clock just speeds up whenever I start uh, preaching. And before you say anything, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, speeds up? It's like every minute it's 300 seconds because I looked at my watch and I knew it had to be five minutes and I looked back down and it had only been another minute. So, But from my perspective, it seems like it speeds up. We are so thankful that you're staying for a Bible class. We'll spend our time this morning talking about what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. We've been looking at the influencers. This is actually the third session rather than part number two. But when we talk about influencers, what we're talking about literally is this, someone who, is in, who has influence or, or authority over or the trust of a certain person or a group of people. And so when we think about it, we know that we have influence, and as Christians we're to have a positive influence on other folks. And we want to continue that study this morning so that we can continue to build on what we've already talked about. Now, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 33. Now, this is one of Jesus' one-verse parables. There, there are a few that are very, very short, and this is one of Jesus' parables that's only one verse, but it is a loaded verse. And so let's look at it. It particularly has to do with what we're talking about in being an influencer. The Bible says, he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now that's the entirety of the parable. Jesus, sometimes Jesus would give the meaning of the parable. This is one of those parables that he did not actually go back and say, here's what this parable means. But we want to look at it and we want to think about it this morning. As we begin to do that, we might ask the question, what, does the, what is meant by the term leaven? Now, if you go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, here's what you're going to find. It's a substance such as yeast used to produce fermentation in dough or a liquid. It makes the dough rise. And so that's what it says. But according to Holman Bible Dictionary, when we're talking about leaven or reading about leaven here in uh, Matthew chapter 13 at verse 33, what is actually being spoken about is a small portion of fermented dough used to ferment other dough. In other words, I'm sure some of you ladies have probably had some of that uh, uh, dough that, that you give part to another person or at least you take part of it and put in another batch that you, that you have. That's, that's what he's talking about. That's the concept of leaven here. And it makes it make more sense when he talks about having taken this, uh, this leaven and hid it in three measures of the dough. He, that it seems that there's, you know, four times the amount of what's actually put in, but you have four times the amount there. Uh, four, four parts, three parts unleavened and one part leavened. And so the rest of it is leavened by that one little piece. In the Bible, there are some symbolic uses of leaven. When we talk about uh, leaven, sometimes leaven is, uh, there was the small portion thing, but sometimes leaven has to do with uh, uh, that which is corrupting. 
it has a corrupting influence on others. Now look at Matthew chapter 16, and we'll read verses uh, 5 through 12. Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12. And as we read this, I want you to pay close attention to the disciples and what the disciples are thinking. Okay? Think about what the disciples are thinking when Jesus is talking about leaven, the leaven especially of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Bible says, beginning in verse 5, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring bread. In other words, they are thinking about, all right, I'm getting hungry and we don't have anything to eat. It's, it's amazing how in the Bible a number of times this concept is spoken about. That may be the reason we have so many fellowship meals Well, when we don't have pandemics going on. But when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, if Jesus said that to you, what would you be thinking? Going on, the Bible says, and they began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, said, uh, but Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not, perceive, not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves or the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of uh, of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They had eating on their mind. Their stomach was probably growling a little bit. And so Jesus said, beware... And when he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're thinking, I can't go over there and buy any food. I can't go buy any bread that is produced by anyone who is a Pharisee or a Sadducee. That's what they're thinking. Their mind is stuck there. But Jesus corrects them on that, and then they have that aha moment. That light bulb comes on. And they began to think, he's not talking about food. He's not talking about literal bread. He's talking about the influence that the Pharisees and the Sadducees have. And they influence people by their teaching and the way that they live. And so as we look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we know that they had a corrupting influence. Their leaven was a corrupting leaven. Now, when we're talking about this parable that Jesus gives here, we're not talking about a corrupting influence, but rather we're talking about an influence for good. We're talking about an influence that is, uh, uh, is powerful and, and an influence that helps people. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, at verse 6, Paul said, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? In that passage, he's talking about this man who has uh, uh, committed fornication. And, of course, as we mentioned in our lesson this morning, the, the church there, they were sort of happy that they were being so lenient with him. But uh, Paul uses the idea of leaven. Again, a corrupting leaven in this passage. But again, I reiterate to us, 
the passage that Jesus is using here in regard to the kingdom of heaven is not a bad influence, but rather a good one. And so we should want the leaven that we present people not to be like that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and not to be like that of the church or the man who was committing fornication in the church at Corinth. We shouldn't want to be either one of them. We should want our influence on others to be good. And I believe this good audience knows that and understands that and wants that for our life. But let's notice some things about leaven to see if we're being that good influence that we should be. When we're talking about leaven, number one, let me suggest that leaven works silently. It works silently. When leaven works, you can't see it, you can't hear it, you just know that it is working. Now, in, in thoughts of that, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Have you ever known someone who paraded their religion around? That you just you, you know that what they were doing and what they were saying was so that other people would, would see that and think how, how religious this person is and give that person praise for his or her religion. Jesus says, beware of doing that. Going on in verse 2, he said, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. If we... If we give to other folks, it's not to be seen. If we're trying to be a good influence on others, it's not to be seen. Because if we do, then we, we get all the reward that we're going to get when they, when they give us the praise. Verses 3 and 4, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And so as we look at that and we think about it, we understand that we can't, we can't practice our religion, we can't do the things so that people just see us and that they continue to, uh, to, to heap up praise because what we're looking at is the leavening ability, the influence that begins to work and continues to work perhaps even in a silent manner. Now, that doesn't mean that we should never say anything to anyone about how they live or inviting them to study the Word of God, but just know this, that people are watching you. And they're seeing you. And if you're presenting the wrong thing before them, then the leavening influence that you have is not the kind 
that we need. Not only that, but leaven works even though it is in the minority. Remember the leaven that we're talking about is a small small portion of fermented dough used to ferment the other dough. And the Bible says that the dough, the, the leaven worked until all of the whole lump was leavened. And I've already mentioned the fact that uh, she hid it in three uh, parts of the dough. And so it worked even though it was in the minority. But think about this. Sometimes when folks are in the minority, it seems as though we should give up. That we should just throw up our hands and quit and say, Hey, I'm never going to make a difference. I'm never going to help anyone. I'm never going to be the one who, who, uh, who causes people to do better in their life. Have you ever thought that? Has that ever crossed your mind that in the day in which we're living, when there seems to be so much corruption in our world, in our nation in particular, that poor little old me or poor little old us, poor few Christians that there are in the United States anymore, that we'll never make a difference anymore? Well, let me tell you, we're the only ones who can make a positive difference. We're the only ones who who can be the ones who help to turn things around. And so we can't give up, even though we're in the minority. Now, Paul, he never gave up, did he? When you think about the Apostle Paul, he never, he never gave up in what he was seeking to do. Look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6-8. through 8, A very familiar passage to us, but I want to point one thing out in this passage. <clears throat> Paul says, "...for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering." And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now you already know the part that I want to emphasize because it's emphasized on the screen. Paul said, I have finished... The race. What was our point? We can't give up. Even though we're in the minority, and even though leaven works when it's in the minority, we can't quit. We can't give up. Paul said, I finished the race. I finished the race. I finished the race. Paul didn't quit in the middle of the race. Paul kept going. And that's what we have to do as well. If we want to be an influencer, we have to continue to keep going even though we may be in the minority. There are so many others who who may seem to have so much more influence around us, but we are in the minority. To be a good influence, we, of course, must never quit. That's biblical. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at verse 58. Therefore, my beloved... Uh, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Always abounding. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep going on. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, at verse number 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so... As Christians, let me encourage us, if we want to be an influencer, that we've got to keep going. We've got to keep trudging along. 
And that means with our family, that means with our friends, that means with our co-workers, our neighbors, people who, that, who we have contact with. We, we had an entire lesson this morning on the social area of our life, and, and our entire uh, thing boiled down to the reason that we are sociable, at least one of the main reasons that we are sociable, is to try to win souls. And that's what we are seeking to do here. But when we think about leaven, it continues to work even when it's in the minority. But then, next on our list, leaven works from the inside out. It works from the inside out. What did the woman do? Well, she took the measure of, uh, uh, of uh, leaven and she hid it, according to the passage, in the dough. In other words, she put it inside the dough. She, she mixed it, mingled it inside the dough. And so it began its work from the inside out. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Again, some of these passages we ought to know by heart. We ought to be able to quote them by heart. This one says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The wise man wrote about the heart, how important it is, but he says, The things that fall out in life, the things that come out in life, where do they come from? They come from the inside. They come from the inside. They come from the heart. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 17, with that same thought, listen to what Paul has to say. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. From the heart. Our, our own lives, whenever we decide to live our life, however we decide to live our life, that comes from the inside. It comes from the inside out. But you know what else that means? And we're talking about being a leavening agent, helping others, being an influence on others. And so what does that mean in, in, in that aspect of it? You see... Once we begin to determine that we're going to do right and be an influencer, then uh, you and I start to be an influencer and begin to influence where we are. It comes where we are. Before we can influence others on the, the other side of the world, we've got to begin to influence those who are nearest to us. In other words, those who are closest to you are those over which you have the most influence. And so that's sort of like the idea of of beginning on the inside and working out. We think about those on the other side of the world. Well, they'll listen better than the ones who are nearest to me. But if we're not having some kind of good influence on those who are around us, then really and truly will that influence on the other side of the world? Will Will it work as well on a personal level? Leaven works from the inside out. And then, next on our list, leaven influences rather than being influenced. Now, we've already stated that leaven is in the minority, but guess what? It influences the, the rest of the dough rather than that which is unleavened influencing that which is leavened. Leaven influences, it changes the unleavened into the leavened. Now, a lot of folks have problems with that. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again. 
Do not be conformed to the world, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that, you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. first part of that verse is what we're concerned with. Don't be conformed to the world. How many people, Christians in particular, how many try to be conformed to the world, to fit in to the point that they're just like the world? Remember what we, we read about the Christians from the first century, from the epistle of Diognetus this morning? They lived in the world. They fit into the world wherever it was they lived. They, they carried on the customs and so forth that those people had, but yet they were still separate from the world. And so we can't conform to the world and expect to change the world if we're just like the world. Not only that, but again, look at the book of Daniel chapter 1. In Daniel chapter 1, here's a very good example of what we're trying to talk about in this point. In Daniel chapter 1, beginning at verse 8, the Bible says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Now, remember, Daniel was in captivity and uh, he had been uh, singled out, as some of the other young men had, to, to play a special role in the kingdom uh, among King Nebuchadnezzar's people. And, and the king said, if, I'm gonna, if they're going to be working for me, then they've got to do what I say, especially in regard to what they eat and what they drink. And so Daniel is asking, don't, don't make me do this. Okay, but going on in verse 9, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Okay, he had a little help from God. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Now, God is helping him out, and the, uh, the one who is over this area uh, of taking care of Daniel and the rest of those guys, such as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, if I do what you say, I, I feel what you're saying, but if I do what you say, I'm afraid the king, he, 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 may, he may take it out on me. Because if you don't, I mean, if you don't conform, and if you're not in as good a shape as these other guys, then I'm the one who's going to be responsible. Okay? But going on, the Bible says, Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearances of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in, the, in this matter and tested them for ten days. Now all of us know the, the end of the story, and we'll read it again in just a minute. But Daniel says, let's just give it a try. Okay? And the man says, okay. And at the end of the ten days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. What's the point of that long reading? Simply this. 
Daniel refused to be influenced. And as a result of that, what happened? Daniel influenced others. Daniel influenced this man to change the way that the uh, that these young men that had been given to them to him in his charge, he influenced him to be able to do what was right in the sight of God in regard to these these youths, these Hebrew youths in particular, uh, that had been taken into captivity. But Daniel refused to be influenced. Now here's a soul-searching question. Would you want your spouse or your children or your co-workers or your neighbors to be changed into the same kind of person as you are? And if we can't say yes, then we need to change our life so that we can be an influencer to be good and to do good. Rather than being influenced, we need to be an influencer. But then last of all this morning, very quickly, leaven works slowly. Leaven works slowly. You don't just put the leaven in and bake the cake, do you, or bake the bread, do you? I mean, I'm not a, I've never done this kind of stuff like this, but you don't just leaven it and just start cooking it, do you? I think I know enough that you've got to let it sit a while, don't you? You've got to wait for the leaven to have time to work. Now, here's my point. You may not move mountains all at once. But if you keep shoveling one shovel full at a time, what will you do eventually? You will move the mountain. That's not real fast, is it? You may not change the world all at once, but if you're persistent, your influence will eventually pay off. Eventually somewhere along the way. And and in saying that, it may not be that we change the world completely in our lifetime so that everyone turns back to God. Matter of fact, that's probably not going to happen because Jesus has already said that there would be few who found the way and many who didn't. But on the day of judgment, when it all is said and done, will there be someone standing there that you influenced for good? That you actually through your influence, caused to be able to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't try to measure the power of your influence solely by visible standards. What you see going on around you. You may never know the greatness of your influence on others, but remain confident that that what was started in a small portion of the loaf, as it were, that it will eventually spread throughout the whole loaf. And it may be your children or your grandchildren or it may be your friends or your spouse or whoever it may be. But understand that that leaven works slowly. But that doesn't mean that you're not having an influence even though it is working slowly. Now, as an influencer, do you possess the qualities of leaven that we've talked about? This is brief. This is quick. And a lot of them I would have loved to have talked about more. But do you possess those qualities? We always need to remember what Jesus told in that short but powerful parable. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all 
leavened. Let's be influencers. Let's close out with a prayer. Holy and righteous Father in heaven, it's again we come before you so thankful for all that you do for us, thankful for your word and for the opportunity to study it this morning. Father, we pray for each one here today. We pray that you will strengthen them in their knowledge of God's word and help us all to, uh, to continue to dig deeper so that we can know more, so that we can be a better influence on those who are around us. Father, remember those who are sick, those who have been mentioned today, especially remember Amber. We pray for her that she can improve and that she soon can be restored to her health. Watch over each one of us, Father, and help us to use the help that we do have to glorify you. All of these things we ask in thy Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <clears throat> you.